Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado? for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. It's time to set it off, guys. What's up? It's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. I am whispering into the mic. It is 3.15 a.m. 
if you guys have been following the saga this week, I have had to transfer <laughs> 184 sound files. And 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 if you <laughs> if you guys know me, I I'm not organized, so it was like <laughs> let me I have over like <laughs> in my iTunes library, I have over like <laughs> like 600 gigs of music and now like it's like everything that your mom and dad tells you like oh be organized or you want to label things correctly so you can find them so i'm transferring over all these sound files and the company says it'll be easy but then there was an issue and so i had to get my hands dirty and it turns out when i was up doing this podcast all those late nights when i first started if you guys have been with me since the beginning i used to have a regular job and i would be up all night editing until like work in the morning and so by the time i got to saving the sound file it would be like blah 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 43 <laughs> so when i went back to find all of these files like they were on hard drives they like i I just, I want you to know, you're in the hands of an idiot. I am a full-fledged idiot. And I just finished about 15 minutes ago. But you guys, what I did do was I recorded a great episode today with a great guest. And you're going to love her if you don't know her already. But I'm going to have this out for you in the morning. So we're back on schedule. No more afternoon pods. And I should be able to make an announcement in a couple days, which I'm really excited about, about why I had to do all of this stuff. But I have so much I need to catch up with you guys. I'm going to have to do a solo episode soon just to talk about Beverly Hills tonight and New York. And in this interview, we do talk about both of those things. And she has some really, she's actually friends with Leah McSweeney, so we bring that up. But she's an amazing podcaster in her own right. I really highly recommend listening to her podcast. Um... So her podcast is called Scissoring Isn't a Thing. And uh, I, I I thought it, I, I listened to it. I think it's great. I think you guys will dig it too. Um, and it's really just really good, honest conversations. Uh, she hosts it with uh, Darren Karp. I don't know if you know her, but she hosts Reality Check on uh, People TV. You know, she's, you guys have seen her uh, in the Bravo universe because she's Andy's assistant as well. But, uh, but Liz is just amazing. She also is the co-host of the Taylor Strecker show on Tuesdays. And a lot of you guys listen to Taylor because I've always had people write in to ask me to ask Taylor to be on the show. But I've always been too nervous uh, to do that because, you know, we've established I'm a disorganized pussy. Um, <laughs> so anyways, uh, her Instagram is at listen to Liz, L-I-S-T-E-N-T-O-L-I-Z. But what I think is so cool is that this was like, I mean, we, we DM'd on Instagram and stuff and um, uh, mutual fans, but it, it's so great to talk to somebody for the first time. And it's kind of, it's like, it's starting to be my favorite is that you guys get to just hear somebody that I'm kind of nervous to talk to for the first time. And then kind of like by halfway, it's just great. You're just like, oh man, this is great. You're great. There's so many good people in this world. I just got to like, it, it, there, there really is. And I am so lucky to be able to talk to all of these people. But this is a, f this is a conversation that kind of goes everywhere. So I hope you enjoy it. I really, really dug it. I think you will too. 
And then, of course, on Friday, I'll be back to doing a, a Kardashian recap and uh, I'm doing a Beverly Hills thing. So I, I'll talk to you again on Friday, but I wanted to get this out for you. So you had it in the morning. I hope you guys have a great day at work or whatever you're doing. Um, and I'm so excited that I don't have to load any more sound files. Oh, my God. I need an assistant and I need money to get that assistant. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> I love you guys. I'll talk to you on Friday. Bye. And the reason I'm whispering is because my roommate said I, I've been being too loud with the podcast and it's 3.21 in the morning. So, and he, he wanted me to buy this soundproofing material, but I didn't. So I'm trying to be really quiet so I, I don't get like an angry text message because I'm a grown up. Anyways, enjoy. Here is Liz Colley. You're going to love her. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, as you guys know, I say this about eight, eight times a week. I love Instagram. I love Instagram so much because uh, it, it lets me be a smart ass, but you also meet the best people on it and people that you're like, oh my God, I, I want to talk to this person. And I was so excited to be able to do that with my next guest. Um, and it, I'm very excited because she does what I do. She loves what we love. And I just listened to her podcast earlier and it's way better than mine. So that is, uh, I got, I got to say that off the bat, like I know I'm not, not aware of that, uh, but I do want to highly recommend this podcast and we'll get into it in a second. She is a co-host of the uh, scissoring isn't a thing podcast, which was, as you guys know, the original title of my pod. And uh, she's also a co-host of the Taylor Strecker show. Now I don't know Taylor, but I, every one of you, uh, you've always oh. mentioned Taylor. You've always mentioned Taylor to me. And it's, I try not to listen to tons of podcasts because I don't want to steal things uh, inadvertently or verdantly. Uh, but anyways, I'm just so excited to talk to this next person. Uh, her name is Liz Cully. Liz, thank you so much for being here. Oh my God. Thank you. And I actually figured out how we might've known each other from before. Oh, this really scares me. Oh no. And so I've been simmering on it. Oh no. Simmering is not a good word. Simmering is like a scary word. Simmering, like been... scissoring. It's all the same. <laughs> so I feel, did our lives cross paths at Leslie Khan? Because yeah. I know Todd and Christy, like Todd, Wait, Todd, Todd Grinnell or Todd, Todd Sashway. Todd Grinnell brought me down from San Francisco when I was a little baby actor, big fish in a small pond up there. And then yeah. Christy ended up being my like acting coach when I thought that I could, that I thought it was medically and scientifically possible to get thin enough to be in Hollywood, which I discovered it is not. Um, and yeah, I think we like cross paths. In yeah, the I mean, that's right. You, you, you look, uh, yeah, you definitely look familiar, but I just thought, oh, like, oh, okay. She, you know, just has a good, like a look. white girl. Yeah. yeah she no, said, well, I know. well, guys, I, I don't know if you know this. If you do follow Liz, if you don't follow Liz, go follow her uh, Instagram immediately. But she got a, a, a really dark spray tan today. Oh, really and, bad one. Really uh, bad. I don't know. I've never really gotten a full spray tan, so I don't know what really bad is, but it's, it was very dark. So she has washed that out over now and everything seems like it's good. I mean, yeah, everything is good now. Um, I definitely resembled a burnt hot dog and I smelled like a burnt, my little pony. Oh. I only, I only faintly smell like a, my little pony now. Now I don't smell like a burn when I just smell like that. Like, and for all the listeners out there that had my little ponies, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, vanilla-y, plastic-y. It's just a very <laughs> specific scent. Um, but yeah, I got a really intense spray tan and I washed it off right before you and I got hopped on the line. And I think I'm good. I think I just look now. I like that like your hands look like a, a Kylie Jenner uh, makeup swatch. 
just of like different shit. No, I'm joking. They look, they look, uh, yeah, they, they look amazing. Oh wait, can I, I gotta, swear on this podcast? You real? It's primarily seven year olds that listen. So yeah, oh. yeah, of course you can. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, it is funny. Um, I, I was thinking about you getting a spray tan, not like intimately, but I was thinking about I it in so. the sense of, in the sense of you posted something last week that I so, um, or maybe, maybe it was a couple of days ago. Time means nothing anymore. You had like the meme of sure. I'll fit it in my schedule. And it was, <laughs> yeah. you know, that I'm not, did you get a spray tan because we're having to get back to normal and, and see people again and stuff? Well, one of my best friends is in town. And so we're going to have a very turnt weekend, uh, ahead of us. And a spray tan just makes me feel alive, Ryan. You know, it is because we are getting back into the world. My legs were so pale. They were like almost a light lavender blue shade. Mm. And I just feel, I just feel alive with a little, with a little dye on the skin. I know, but I, I'm scared to feel alive again. Like I'm starting to I do know. normal things and it's really, and like everything, everybody is coming out of the world, woodwork, everything. I've overcommitted myself after being non-committed for like a year. And I just, I, I keep saying, I just, I need one more month of the pandemic to really, to, to, to really feel like I'm, I, I can but be okay. what would you do? Like, okay, fine. Nothing. First of all, I want to watch that mayor of East town. I want to watch that. I want to watch there's, there's things I could do. I I, I didn't do anything over the pandemic. Like Leah McSweeney, uh, who we'll talk about uh, in a, in a bit. She had a religious conversion over the pandemic. She had a religious awakening. I had nothing. I didn't do a spiritual awakening and I feel like I've wasted something. Well, I read an article recently um, in Vanity Fair that was talking about how this was the most unproductive year for writers. Yeah. And that all these writers were furloughed from writers' rooms, and everybody thought like this was the year to make my pilot, bro. Like, <laughs> this is the year, you know That's what I exactly mean? Exactly how like, writers sound like. Exactly, and this was the time that I was going to do X, Y, and Z. And then they interviewed a couple of writers, and they're like, "I didn't do shit." And I feel the same, to be honest with you. I'm sitting on my memoirs, like I've been writing them over and over for seven, eight years, and I actually had a great meeting with a friend of mine right before the pandemic happened. And he's like, this is great, but you need to push yourself. And so I started to push myself and then March 13th, that shit happened. And I'm like, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a 13 month break. And I haven't (laughs) touched it since I've just watched temptation Island. I watched the Sopranos again. (laughs) Um, Everybody did a Soprano. It was sourdough starters and Sopranos rewatches. I think like, I mean like that, but I didn't even, like I waited like nine months to really get into uh, full seasons of shows. Like I was just watching cable news all the time oh, and really, wow. and then just podcasting at night and really just being a complete and eating wheels of brie cheese without anything, just the, the, the cheese itself. Mm. Like mm. I'd wake up at three and I'd be like, it's cheese time. And I don't, th- I mean, I don't think I was alone in this. It was just, it was, no, a, it I'm was a so, time. I'm the fattest. I, no, I, I went hard in the paint. I mean, I, was making, I even made banana bread. I mean, I'm, I actually love to cook and I cook quite a bit. So I was really getting wild in the first few months. And now I just don't even want to touch a pan. I'm just like, I can't anymore. Um, I also never thought I would order food to my home. What a luxury. That's so expensive. Whoever orders to go food in LA, very New York, but not LA. Like that shit's crazy. And Typically, you'd be like, why would I ever order food? It's going to take three hours to get here and be cold anyway, and char- and it'll be $120. So we ne- things happen, Ryan, that we never thought were going to happen. I went to I went to TomTom Tom this weekend, and oh. it was 
insanely full and it was like awesome. But at the same time, you had those moments where like, like you're just, you're sensitive to noise. Now I'm more sensitive to noise than I was. And so you just, you would look up after a noise and be like, this is very weird to be, I mean, in Tom Tom already, it's weird right. but to be with a full uh, restaurant of people. But at the same time, it wasn't some kind of like, uh, I was like, oh, I wonder the first time I go into some place, if I'll, I'll have some kind of emotional reaction and I'll cry and I'll be like, oh, but it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I remember this. Like I, you know, it's like riding a bike. Like I'm just at a restaurant. There's nothing. It's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. We're back here. Like I took a year off. I mean, God, how much were the drinks at Tom Tom? Have they gone up in price? Yeah. They're, they have, um, yeah, they, they have a uh, pandemic pricing, but, but like on the other way, not like helping people out, like charging for the, the oh, time 100%. that we were there. Um, it, it was, it was, it was very expensive. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for the, I think the time I will get emotional is the first concert that I get to go to. Where, if you could go to any concert right now, where would you go? Where, who would you see? I would love to go to see, well, I mean, there's every festival's announcing. And I were a couple of years ago, I went to uh, Primavera Fest in Spain and I got to see like Tame Impala and Miley Cyrus and like all of these really great artists. And I just saw them announce again. And I was just like, oh, that would be so amazing not to be here in America, but to be elsewhere. Not anything wrong with America, but it would just be nice to travel, nice to see something. Um, but yeah, I would just, I mean, at this point, anybody, I would see like somebody just noodling on a, on a mandolin, I would see, you know? Mm, okay. Well, yeah. who, who would you see? Are you, are you a live music person at all? Oh, I love, yeah, of course. I worked at MySpace back in the day. Oh my God. So you, Fun fact. I mean, that's, that's really, so you, I've, I've MySpace started to... every band in the, mm-hmm. the, the aughts, the early aughts. In the early aughts. So I've been to like, I mean, there was one point where I, I mean, I feel badly saying it now, but I was like, I think I have been to every concert known to man after working in music for a while. I think if I were to go to a concert, you know, it's one of a two, it's one or two things. I would either want to go to like Brandy. Wait, like, like Monica and Brandy, that boy is mine, Brandy? Yes. Brandy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And maybe even like a live versus like Brandy and Monica or on the flip side, I want to go to like a YG faux hunted, like young (laughs) GZ or that's like, I just want to go to like a real rap concert and just get hit on by every single man there (laughs) and just really like, you know, live, live my, live my truth. That's, those are the two or on the, on the, uh, Maybe would be more fun is to go to like a Robin concert and just like dance. Oh, like see, rock drugs, you know, that was that that kind of like, I mean, I was I mean, I was dancing with like 70,000 people at Coachella, just like people just sweating up on me. And that was normal. Like, that's going to be I would never do that again. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, we were <laughs> we were being so risky. It was like. I mean, it was like not wearing a condom in the nineties. It was so risky. Like it was so you know that risky. kids don't wear condoms now. Yeah. And did you know that kids um, blowjobs are like kissing. That's disgusting. Right. I mean, I was sh- like, they're, they're- are you so bummed? You're not a kid. Now? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what if you see me? Like all of a sudden it's like the worst you version of 21 jump up. street. I'm like, Hey everybody, why does this guy have a white beard? Like, um, no, but, uh, somebody, some girl was saying that her name was Amelia Gray. Uh, she was sitting at, um, no, what do you think of uh, Amelia dating Scott Disick? Are you do you follow? Oh, that I think he, I think he's a total predator. I'm I mean, sorry. Even it's, if he's not aware of it, it's it's like you're now. It's a pattern. I just it's a massive. I don't have pattern. a lot of I don't have a lot of empathy or sympathy for that. Yet men, I keep saying like men, 
do this thing where we want the sympathy, even though we fuck up. Like we want the sympathy. You need to feel bad for me since I, but I'm going to exhibit the behavior that, that, that I'm in the wrong, but still feel bad for me. Listen, I dated a guy that was 19 years older than I was on and off in my twenties. And now that I am 35 years old, I can tell you with authority, I shouldn't have been doing that shit. He was too old. There was so much life that I hadn't lived. And so the playing field wasn't fair. And then, you know what that, I mean? yeah, yeah. But I was like, I was thinking about Amelia. Then, like, now I don't, I mean, I know this won't last. No offense, Amelia. And, but, um, I, I, she's going to now compare a lot of other guys to this older man for the rest of her life. Did you go then? Did that affect everybody else you dated after that? Interesting. Yeah. He was such a man child, hence the dating of like yeah, a 23 year old. I, would, I wouldn't imagine he was like Mr. Big, you know? No. And he, I think it was funny. He he's married now. He married a woman that was age appropriate who had already had a daughter, which I really liked for him. We're still like, cool. We don't talk anymore, but he kind of had like weird masculinity issues with the fact that I married a woman, but that's a whole nother conversation. But I didn't necessarily compare. I just had a hard time dating guys. My, I never dated guys my own age. I found them to be immature, you know? Yeah, but then guys older are just like a different kind of immature. Exactly. And also yeah. the ones that were my age were like, mm, like, give me a blowjob. And I'm like, I will literally <laughs> do anything else. Hey, what is this? Junior high? Come on. Yeah. I will do, I'm really like, do let's have a threesome. Let's go to a strip club. <laughs> do you want a sex worker? I'll pay for it. Anything. I'm like, I will oh clean your God. car. I will clean your house. I will. I like it goes laundry. from sex worker to manual labor. It's like, I will go to a sex worker or I'll clean your car. I'm Which by the way, like, that is like a really good, as you get older, you realize how important it is to get somebody to clean your car. Um, you, right? your, your podcast, uh, scissoring isn't a thing. It's been going since 2020 and it's with, it's produced by embassy row. And you guys know, I'm a huge fan of embassy row. Oh. Um, they, well, yeah, I mean, and, and they, they, they produce so many really great things and, and you guys know, uh, the Bravo breakdown who's on there. They're working with her now they're mm-hmm. doing a show with her. I mean, just really great company. Uh, but what do you, cause you do it with your, your friend, uh, uh, Derek right? Andy's assistant. Yes, Andy's assistant. And you guys know her. She actually hosts reality check on people. She's really awesome. But these guys have such a good flow. It is so like I was listening to uh, this week's episode. The first 15 minutes, uh, this this lady that they're friends with, Cheech, comes on and talks about TikTok. Wait, can I tell you an insight? Can I tell you an inside thing? Yeah. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. So I thought Cheech is... Darren's friend, who I guess yeah. now is my friend. And Cheech is a girl, by the way. Yeah. Cheech is a girl. Her name's Michelle. I didn't understand what was going on. Darren, we changed the format of the show. So the fir- first 15 minutes of the show, we have kind of like an influencer or a guest or a friend. And we talk about topical things because we do tend to bank some of our celebrity episodes, like whenever people's are, people are available and you know how the rest goes. Like we got to work with their PR and when we release it, blah, 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 blah. So this woman came on, but I thought we were having like a business meeting about pride. So I had <laughs> no idea if I'm being honest with you, I probably shouldn't be saying this on air, but whatever, I'll give you the inside scoop since my life is so exciting. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. And then she started saying that TikTok made her queer. I was like, yeah. what the you're, fuck is going on? You're singing Born This Way. And she's like, um, no, I mean, it was 
it was fascinating because I didn't know what was going on either, but it was like, she was talking about uh, like really get like explaining TikTok, the fascination. And I have a lot of friends. I have not, I have a TikTok account, but I've not used it. And I'm, I like, it's one of those things like uh, Bridgerton where I, where I refuse to get into it because it's so popular. And she was explaining that. Bridgerton is all about blowjobs. I, you okay? I shouldn't have said that. It's not like I'm super into blowjobs. No, I didn't. Let, I'm just saying I didn't get into it either. I didn't really watch it. I kind of watched it by proxy, but we're just talking about blowjobs, and I'm just saying that show is apparently all about blowjobs. But anyway, or come, I think it's all about. Come. Anyway. <laughs> My parents are like super into the crown and stuff, and then I was like, "Hey, I hear that Bridgerton they wear those old timey costumes too." And my mom was like, "That's not our type of show. That's not our." Type. I'm like, "Why didn't you try it, mom?" Like she she watches all that like the crown and any kind of PBS masterpiece theater. And I it's mean, like- so do I. So you need to you need to take it down a notch there, Ryan, about I, yeah, the I, undertones of shit if, talking. If I you're ever in you. a, if you're ever in Gilbert, Arizona, come by. My parents come on the podcast all the time and I made them watch uh, a bunch of episodes of Summer House and Vanderpump Rules. And I, I watched one of them with them. And it was one of the Summer House episodes where Hannah said she like, you know, t- she was literally talking about buttholes. And I, oh, I've as, never as felt- Hannah does. Yes. <laughs> rest in peace, Hannah. I've never felt- uh, so, so much shame to make my parents watch that in front of them. And then they're just straight face watching it. And I was like, this will be great for the pod. But in that moment, I was so, cause you know, they're thinking like, where did we go wrong? Like he had such, he did such great high school. Theater. I, I watched boardwalk empire with my mom and forgot that like the mom is fucking the son and is naked half the time. And I'm sitting there watching it with my parents wanting to kill myself because I'm like, oh, incest, <laughs> incest porn. Here you go, mom. Well, watch, have, having any of like having anybody that you're close to watch something that you love is one of the most grating experiences ever because you're just watching over at them, seeing if they see the same thing that you do. Like, yeah. I like this so much. I hope you like this so much. And then you just so and then you start second guessing like, well, do I like this this much? It doesn't seem like it's going <laughs> over. Well, maybe I don't like this this much. And it becomes this huge thing in my head where it's just not worth it. But it's always a funny podcast. So wait, so scissoring isn't a thing. How sorry. did that get started? No, wait, wait, actually, oh my God, sorry, we're hopping all around, but this is, the audience knows this is what I do. You guys, you got to listen to this episode though. So she she starts digging around on TikTok and then through TikTok, she realizes she has ADHD and she realizes she's bisexual. Like she starts like, I mean, you know, I'm not saying it's like, it was like some, she said she was always, you know, attracted to like Miley Cyrus or something. No, she actually, I think you're right, Ryan. I, I think she actually claims that TikTok made her realize that she was ADD and liked women. And I just got it. I mean, we didn't release the video, but I wish we had because my face was just like, what the fuck are we talking about? I mean, I love it. Like it was, I mean, I was like, what? I mean, I want to see that TikTok commercial of like, you know, like, and, and, but by the way, but then also, I don't think she's, if I'm, if I listen correctly, I don't think she, she was said she was like texting with a lady, but she hasn't really had her, She's never even kissed a girl lately. yet. I mean, I don't that's know. a wild story to share, but it was, it was, guys, you know, like, you know how I love talk radio and stuff like that. It was a fascinating story to hear. Like, I think it's perfect for a podcast. And then they had Karamo Brown, Brown's uh, son on after it, who was pan, is, sorry, is pansexual. And that was a fascinating interview too. So I really highly recommend this podcast because Thank by you. the way, you and her have such a great chemistry. What is your relationship? <laughs> Okay, so the podcast, you'd be, this is the origin of the podcast. The origin of the podcast was that, so Embassy Row, 
produces Watch What Happens Live. And yeah. You know this. The yes. audience knows this. Okay, sorry. So Well, no, no, I've told the audience. I don't think they know, but I, I'm such a geek for this stuff that I always talk about Embassy Row. I just really love, oh I mean, that's cool, you know? Amazing. I could probably get you a meeting. Um, kidding. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> so well, Loser. My, yeah. No, no, I mean like, <laughs> no, as I'm if I'm too. somebody. No, no, I meant it more like that. So my best friend is now the head of development at Embassy Row. And- Michael Davies, who is the founder of Embassy Row, who started a podcast called Men and Blazers, is her boss. I know him friend-wise. I used to have a show called Getting Nailed, where I got my nails done with celebrities, and they did an option for it. So we kind of knew each other. Yeah. They knew they wanted to work with me. They just didn't know in what capacity. They produce Watch What Happens Live. And Darren works effectively in the Embassy Row building in New York. So they knew Darren because Michael and Andy are very, very close friends, obviously. And so they wanted to do something with Darren. So Sarni, who's my best friend, who's head of development, was like, I really want you to meet Andy's assistant. She's gay. You're gay. You guys, that is such a like straight person thing to do. Well, like you even said in in this podcast, you guys have said, just because you're gay doesn't mean you're attracted to every gay person. Like it's like, it's like as a straight person, you're not attracted to every other straight person just because you're straight, you know? So dumb. So I was like, fine, I'll take this fucking meeting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm sure Darren was saying that behind my back, like, who is this girl? She only has like 6,000 followers. Like I'm like, I'm just kidding. Whatever. Uh, you're at like 9,000 now. I hope you shut that right. Almost guys, all the listeners out there, please. I need to get to 10. Let me tell you, (laughs) once I get that swipe up, it's CBD codes for everyone. So just come on. (laughs) Anyway. So Darren and I and Sarni went to lunch at Chaconi's, which is so LA. And we sat down and Sarni was like, okay, I think you guys are going to be friends. Like, we both want to do a project with each of you. Maybe you guys could do one together. And we were total strangers. And this is right, this is in the end of 2019. And so I'm like, okay. And she looked at my nails, which I'll show you on camera. Oh, God, those are really nice nails. Thanks. And she was like, there's no way that you have sex with women with those nails. And I looked at her and I said, I've never had any complaints and I'm fucking married. So I don't know what your problem is. And then we started to kind of banter with each other back and forth about stereotypes about queer women. And I think I actually was the one to Darren claims that it was me, but I don't even remember it that way, but I'll take it. But effectively that I said, yeah, I had these like stupid straight guys ask me if scissoring was a thing the other day. And she's like, Oh my God, that happens to me all the time. Now, Michael did not want to name the the show Scissoring Isn't a Thing. And I will say, from an advertiser perspective, it wasn't the smartest thing that it's we've ever done. It's a hard sell, done. yeah. <laughs> but here we are. And that's kind of how the show came together. And fun other little fact is that I flew to New York and we shot 11 interviews, inclusive of Leah McSweeney. We were her first ever interview. Um in three days, four days. And then she flew out to LA the week later and we shot like, shot and recorded. Yeah. Oh my God. I think like 12 in a weekend. And then the pandemic hit two days later and Darren had to fly back to New York on one of the last flights out of LA. God. So we banked all these episodes, but unfortunately, you know, we had had a lot of plans to do like Bravo pride and all these things and things fell apart, but you know, we just kept at it and, to be honest with you, Darren and I have actually really only gotten to know each other and developed a friendship over Zoom 
and through these episodes in the pandemic. That's you, the I truth. Mean, but see, I, that that really does shock me. I thought for some reason you were lifelong. Well, I know the reason why. It's just you can usually tell when people have a good rapport with each other. It's just kind of really crackling and on top of each other. You give each other space. And as you geek it out- It was like a I, process. Right. You, it was you're a right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I was transferring over old audio uh, yesterday and I was listening to like some of my first ones um, and not in like a masturbatory. This is amazing fashion, but in a cringe, like it's, it's I was so tight. I was like, month. how many, wait, how many things are we doing in a month? Like, are, are we, what, isn't it pride too? Like, what is it? Is no, that's all? June. That's June. Sorry. 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 I, I just, Jesus, I thought, Ryan, I, if you're going to capitalize on Bravo gate, hey, is, uh, is, scissoring, well. is scissoring a thing? Is that a, <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it is a thing, but continue. Um, no, but it, 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 <laughs> you actually just caught me off guard. I'm like, no, I'm just saying I geek out about this stuff and it really, you, when you listen to these things, you really appreciate, you're like, Oh, okay. Like it's, it's, you appreciate naturalism and actual relationships and stuff like that. So I thought that was just so cool. Um, but well, how do you, th- let, but let me pause and say yeah. thank you. And I take that as a huge compliment and I will tell Darren later, and you are so easy to listen to and you are so funny and everyone is obsessed with you. So that is a huge compliment and I really appreciate it. I do not know how to take compliments. So I'm like, should I just end the zoom call? Wait, right should now? I also tell you what happened yesterday, but I was saving it. I wanted to come at you prepare because you told me that I had nothing to prepare, but I tried to prepare of how I knew you, which I already started the show with that. But then I have another little tidbit for you. Should I save it? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, however you, however you think you're, your you're show, I'm a guest. I, I mean, I just, whatever, this is already flowing. So you, we can do this whenever. I mean, I already <laughs> well, got like Ryan, 30 more Ryan. questions. Here's what I'll tell you is yesterday I met a young new assistant at our company and she was like, so I'm a huge Bravo fan. And anytime I hear that, I'm like, Oh God, here it comes. And you know what she said? What? True. This is a true story. She goes, I mean, like Ryan Bailey follows you on Instagram and I died. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going on his show tomorrow. That shocks me. Like, I mean, that, I mean, you don't know that just really, I love, I mean, that's like the heart that's heartwarming to me. Like that's well, hello, uh, young assistant. Um, that that's so cool. I love that. I, I nerd out for this stuff, like to be a part of it, to be any part of this. And it's like, so, cause the Instagram is like really smart ass, but then if you listen to that, I think you can tell I'm not like a complete asshole, but, um, you're not, you're not on the out. internet. You've done a couple of naughty things I can't get away with, but I like yes, DM you and say, see, LOL. But I think there is, there is something I can hide behind and it is something, and you know, it's like, I'm a straight white dude. And like, sometimes it shows like my privilege a little bit that I'm able to, I'm not trying to hurt anybody, but I'll go for sometimes the lowest common denominator or something that really makes me laugh personally. And I would never want like if I made fun of Teddy Mellencamp the other day, I don't want Teddy to see it. Like, I mean, obviously I wouldn't want to hurt Teddy. Mel- if I was in a room with Teddy Mellencamp, I would be really embarrassed, but I do things that make me laugh and I'm not trying to hurt. Well, anybody. that's an interesting thing because we just interviewed um, Amanda from not skinny, but not fat. Yeah, And, yeah, I, know, and I asked her kind of this question or like, or maybe Darren did. And we're like, well, what would you think? Like if, Kim or somebody saw your stories and she goes in the beginning, I didn't care because I just did what made me laugh. And then I started to see that they were looking at it. And some people were in on the joke, like Stassi would always kind of laugh with her, but others would not. 
And so I don't know. It's interesting. Well, no, I mean, You'd be it embarrassed, is, but it is, you know. Also, would you really be embarrassed in front of Teddy? Like, who really cares? Not Teddy. That was a bad example. I mean, but <laughs> here's the deal. I, you know, I was picked on as a kid. Like, I know what it like. I mean, I, I, I tend to not feel horribly bad for celebrities because, you know, they're celebrities and they signed up for this. And sometimes even with the Kardashians, they know we're talking about them and in whatever way we're talking about them, they kind of dig it. Like in certain ways, it keeps them out there. Yep. Amanda's like not skinny, not fat is fascinating because she got so big in this last year, her Instagram account in particular, where like sometimes I feel like she's like being paid off by uh, Travis Barker and Courtney. Like she, I think she is part of the reason Travis is as popular as they are because she is so into uh, Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. And as a straight dude, sometimes I'm like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't think this is, I find it really uninteresting, but I love the fascination. Or I love somebody pushing it so hard because they see something that I don't, but right. fandom I think is amazing. Is there anything that you completely geek out of where you lose all capacity to be cool? Oh my God. All the time. Good. I mean, but see, that's what I want to like. That's I'm like, where, that where do you want to begin? I'm like, how long is that going to take? I mean, first of all, for all the listeners out there, do not meet your heroes. Yeah. Just don't. It's a dark road. Like I oh. never want to meet Mary J. Blige. I just don't. Oh. I yeah, never, never... want to meet her. I don't want to meet Erica Badu. I'm more of like a music, you know, you talk about how you're a professional um, uh, concert goer, it sounds yeah, like, yeah, or yeah, festival, yeah. Yeah, festival yeah, guy. Yeah. I just love, I mean, I sang for a really long time and had a band. I don't anymore, but, you know, music was such a huge part of my life for so long that like so many, I would like shit myself over I have geeked out in front of a few people, but I would hope that it's endearing enough where I don't look like a total Looney Tune. I also tend to geek out over more industry stuff and and not oh, like yeah. real fame. I'm very, I wouldn't say that I'm mean to famous people, but like treat them mean, keep them keen. Like if we're at a dinner party- Treat them mean, keep them keen. I love that. If we're in a situation where someone's famous, I pretend like I have absolutely no idea who they are. Oh, I would do. I mean, I've learned now to do the same. Like there was, I remember first coming to Hollywood back in the day and auditioning. And like, I was the, I was the nerd that always read all these Hollywood magazines, even as like a, a, a teenager, that was like all my thing. So I remember going in for Michael Bay back in the day and I was oh in a room God. with Jason Siegel. I was in a room and I was, it was for, this is so long. It was like when I was in high school, it was for Black Hawk Down, which was, a, and I, all of a sudden I had this audition. I knew what it was. I knew the property, the, the, the book it was based on. I go in there, there's fucking Jason Siegel from, uh, I was like at the time freaks and geeks. And I was over here. And then there was like all these people I had recognized and I had the wrong sides, the wrong material that they give you, you guys, this is like, even like, this is pre like computers, but it wasn't a huge thing where you could just get the new sides. I have these sides. I'm looking at them. Jason Siegel turns to me and goes, Hey, you, you got the, you got the wrong scene. You got the earlier scene. And I was like, huh? And then I realized, and then they called my name right at that moment. So I was from like a theater background. And so I was like, I got this. And I, I said, could I get the new scene? And, and I picked it up and I went into the room and it was Michael Bay, um, Jerry Bruckheimer, all of these people I knew. So I was already nervous because this shit meant something to me. So I was already, and I had this like shake in my hand all the time back then before I took beta blockers. And all of a sudden I realized in the scene, I get blown up by a grenade and I don't like, so I I'm seeing this for the first time while I'm auditioning. And so all of a sudden I get to that part and I realize, and I just go, ah, oh, and I just jump off the chair and I don't know. And like, literally you can hear Michael Bay go, oh my God. Like the, Michael Bay goes like trying to, 
like trying not to laugh. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm just like, every sweat, all just sweat is dripping. And like, it was one of those things where I'm like, fuck, this tape is going to get passed around. It's like, look at what this guy did today. <laughs> because I already, I'm so, such a fan of Hollywood and stuff like that, that I know I'm such a fan of like behind the scenes stuff. You know, that's why like Embassy Row, I geek out about shit like that, you know? So do I. We'll be fast friends because that's what I geek out about. Like I geek out about the writers and the, like I love yeah. all that stuff. Well, so. I mean, reality shows, Like as I get further into this, what really fascinates me is more behind the scenes in terms of how this gets put together, like of how much they're thinking about which angle they can take. What if we get these scenes? I want to know how those things are put together more because I'm starting to really not trust anything that I see, not just on Bravo, but in reality shows in general. Do you ever uh, uh, get that at all? Do I, do I know what they're doing or do no, I no, get Do you ever feel that? Do you ever, do you ever like, Oh, of you're course. Untrusting I, of, well, Here's why I will, I'm going to hold the line. The Temptation Island is the best reality television. I'm told you when we Yes, you, you said you're like, you're like, I'm a big Temptation Island fan. These people are fucking stupid. Like, why would you ever, why would you ever go to an island when you're quote about to get married or see if your relationship is going to work, be separated from your partner and then be put with a bunch of horny 22 like 22 people that want to have sex with you for sport effectively with <laughs> an enormous amount of alcohol temptation is crazy that way that's uh, why they call it temptation island i know but i feel like that must be real reality tv whereas when you start getting into kind of maybe and this is all assuming i don't know anything i do not work for bravo i do not work for a production yeah, no, company no. i'm just saying that a million times but I, you know, I, I, when you start getting into like Shaws of Sunset or like, you know, kind of these multi-season or perfect example, keeping up with the Kardashians. Like, yeah. I just feel like they are like, all right, guys, they kind of look at the editorial calendar, if you will, and they just plug in situations now with like Brandy and Denise last year with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like that was amazing. And, you know, we had the opportunity to have Brandy on the show and she was like, no, that really happened. And I really didn't think wink, wink that that was going to make it to air. And I'm like, <laughs> well, thank God it did. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think some of it has to be judged up a little bit for the camera. And it just depends on how you want to, you either like go along for the ride or you don't, you know what I have mean? You like you just kind of have to enjoy it for that. Did you watch the season premiere of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? I did not. So Erica Jane, I'm sure you're aware. Oh, I'm is, I'm up to speed yeah. on the on the goss. I just well, don't. It, I didn't watch it, the. No, I mean you obviously love yourself, but um, it it, it uh, it's fascinating though. I'm well. Sutton, I hear, doesn't have a very good show tonight because she gets into it with Crystal Minkoff, the new cast member who's Asian American, and she, and and I watched this scene. Sutton says um, that you know, she gets discrimination too, because everybody thinks that where she's from, there's rednecks. And so she says that to Crystal and she's like, oh my God. And Crystal's like, are you saying that you're one of the people that doesn't see color? Is that really what you're saying? And then Sutton's like, don't do that. Do not do that to me. And like, starts like tearing up and stuff. So, oh and, God. and yeah, so I'm like nervous to watch, but Erica Jane, of course, has gone through this whole thing and I couldn't help, but like think that as much as I think she thinks she's going on to help her case, 
the whole production, I don't know if they were doing this on purpose, but it seemed like they were showing her like overflow closet and even put the Chiron on. It's like overflow. They They said like, oh, they, they highlighted so many different of her outfits, her jewelry, like in the first episode. And I was just wondering, I mean, I wonder so many things about Erica Jane right now, but I just wonder like, she thinks she's outsmarting them, but in the end production's outsmarting her. And I wonder what that symbiotic relationship is and if there is a natural understanding when you go on to these shows, you know? Here's the thing. If you go on reality TV, you really do have to go all in, you know? I mean, I've had these conversations. If you do it right, yeah. If you do it right, you know, or if you want to be asked back, you know? I mean, obviously, you know, I have friends on these shows and we talk about it. Like, you got to go all in or not. And it was interesting. I interviewed Sutton for somebody else's show. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a couple months ago. She couldn't have been lovelier. So much fun. No, she seems awesome. Yeah. She's lovely. And um, I want to actually use what you're saying against her and get her to throw a pride party for me at her mansion because I think that would be so sick. <laughs> yeah. So remind me about this later. Um, I love like white guilt and like privilege, and I think we should just use it against her. Yeah. But you know, I think she was kind of saying to us, like, she, you know, production was claiming claiming that because she didn't have her children on air and her ex that she wasn't a full cast member, which I yeah. think is bullshit because yeah, Erica never reveals anything basically. Um, and I think maybe she upped the ante in this way to get more airtime, whether that's positive or negative. But when it comes to someone like Erica Jane, like I think she's thinking that she, I think you're correct. I think she's thinking that she's going to outsmart production. But when you sign up for these shows, as you know, editing is a terrifying and amazing thing. It's like a, it is, but I don't believe, I don't believe, I mean, like you, you were at, you know, you're an actor, you know, the camera doesn't usually lie that much. You can edit certain things, but at the same time, I really do believe the camera will let you know the core of that person. We can see things. The audience is so sophisticated now and almost Bravo audiences, I feel are way too sophisticated. Almost thinking about the show way more than production is where it's sometimes ruining the show. But I, I do think that is an interesting thing of like, you can have a bad edit, but only to up to a certain degree, you know, it's still gonna highlight who you are inside. I feel that way about Jen Shaw. I felt like it was so obvious from the beginning that something was completely not adding up. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. agree? I, I, I mean, totally, I, could... I totally agree. I'm just laughing that like it is funny because well, we we only I always say to to the audience that we only get like a first season Housewives show. You only get Real Housewives of Salt Lake City uh, season one once. Right. And what was so great is to see Jen was so huge. We saw it immediately, the audience, because of the camera. But everybody else around kowtow, like kowtowed to Jen Shaw, was scared of her and almost thought, oh, this is the star of the show. She's I, the loudest. So well, they all treated her like they all treated in fear of her. Heather Gay, uh, who I love, was like, I'm the I'm best. So- you know, you know that's my homie. That's my girl. I, I, I'm, I'm not on. We, we've been texting. I think she's coming on. So, um, I, I really love. I really, I, I. What I loved about Heather is that the episode one, she came off. I was just like, oh no, like this is not going to go good for her. And then each episode after that, she was so honest, so real, so true. And she would have these really hysterical moments, but also like a really funny wit about herself. And then also she stood up for herself. She was sexy. She was like, she did all of these things. A fantastic mother, which I talked about on our show. Like her kids are so, and it was so cute. I Some behind the curtains. When Darren and I had Heather on the show, 
she was kind of setting up. I think she had been doing a press, you know, it was around uh, the reunion. We, we got her right before the reunion. And uh, I think she was doing press. And so the kids were in the house and I was just anecdotally talking to Heather and thanking her for coming on. I said, you know, Heather, I got to tell you, like your kids seem so nice. And all the kids pop out of the kitchen and they're like, see mom, (laughs) and I'm like, no, but they are, they seem like really nice kids. And I think she is such a great role model to those girls. I've Heather gay for president. She I, I is mean, the she, shit. She said something and like, I, I I'm divorced. And like, she said something about, Oh my divorce. God, you and Heather. Well, she said something about divorce that really like, just like, you know, was that there is this innate guilt to it, you know, like even if you weren't the, you know, one who did there's this innate guilt and i just thought it was so just her explaining it of like you don't go into a marriage thinking it's ever going to end you don't you do think it's forever so that loss of you know that it almost makes you sometimes not trust yourself or sometimes you you just rethink things in such a way and it can be real and you saw that i think on screen with her of just being very honest but then you saw these great moments of power of like her uh as a single rider at the ski uh ski lodge and i just thought it was a really great first season housewife and already everybody's like well she's gonna blow it in the second season she's gonna blow it no which is just that's exactly how bravo fans sound she's gonna blow it and i would actually not to like plug my own show but i would encourage i I would encourage the bravo fans of this show which i assume they all are um to listen to our episode with heather because she actually really breaks down the mormon church for us but also through the lens of the lgbtq plus community which the mormon church has been trying to kind of say that they're like cool with it's very interesting she's very great she sent me a gift i mean ryan not to just like put salt in the wound here but she that is my girl that is my no i i really no everybody i i rode really hard for heather this season and i it was just so nice sometimes to from what i saw in that first episode and and she she even said like she would she thought everybody was gonna hate her so when everywhere this flood of love came through she was really surprised by it and i really loved that but the same thing goes, I do, I do know we, we, we gassed her up so much and I feel the same thing with Leah McSweeney. Now Leah, okay. uh, first season was one of the most iconic first seasons for a housewife. And I don't like, you just can't argue with that you guys. Uh, but also we were in a pandemic, we were locked in our rooms and we saw something very refreshing of somebody just going balls out. We saw her deal with her, uh, her alcohol issues. We saw her stick up to Ramona. We had an iconic episode with the tiki torches in the Hamptons, the chicken and the, you know, all these things, all these things. And, you know, now we're coming into the second season. We gas somebody up so much that I sometimes worry like where their head is at when they go into the second season. Do they think their shit doesn't stink? And then also they're going up against now people going, well, she's going to fail this second season, which is ridiculous because it's a reality show. So it's not about winning and losing, but we now look at it as wrestling. We do look at it as winning and losing. Mm-hmm. And you're friends with Leah, right? Yeah. Very good friends. Yep. So what was it like to watch? Did, I mean, did you watch that? You did watch the first season, right? I I watched bits and pieces of it. Okay, again, not to plug my podcast, but go ahead and listen I want to Scissoring. You to, yeah. Go ahead and listen to Scissoring when Leah is on our show because we interviewed Leah out of, it's really interesting to listen to actually because it was like her first technical interview about the show. Obviously we have to be really sensitive because of Darren's involvement with Andy. Like it's a, it's an interesting thing, right? Like it's golden handcuffs all the way, but here's what I will tell all of you guys listening. Leah is 
I have known Leah for a very, very, very long time. We have been friends for years. She is my ride or die. Like I just recently started a new job and she like posted on her Instagram congratulating me. Like she really is all for women. She really is thinking what she says. Leah can be really annoying because she doesn't give a fuck. Like that's who she is. But at the core of it, she's a very kind, deliberate and honest person. She's also really hot. So she's probably never been bullied like the two of us have been. So fuck her because she's hot all the time. So those people like how much can you trust them? I'm oh, just kidding. Bullied. Are you kidding? By the way, she's a Liz is really good looking. You didn't get bullied. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, my God. I got horribly bullied growing up. Hmm. I got called fat forever. It was terrible. It was okay. not great. So anyway, Ryan, that's what makes me so relatable. Um, So (laughs) yeah, so I've known Leah for a really long time, but we talk about in that first episode, like I remember when she called me and she was in LA auditioning and she's like, what should we go shopping? And I'm like, dude, the clothes are so much better in New York. Like who cares? I mean, it was such a weird process to watch it happen. If I'm being honest, I didn't know if she was going to get on the show because I thought she was like too young. I'm like, "You're, you're my age. Like, why would you be on that show? You know? Um, you're a mom. Sure. Like you were never married to Rob, who, by the way, Rob is the best person in the world. I am. He does come off. He does come off like a real, I am the president of the Rob fan club. Always have been always will be, but I'm tired of people saying last season that her and Rob need to get together, you know? So oh, don't see, actually you won't like that. I actually call them mom and dad and I've been, I've been begging for them to get back together for the last eight years. So I'm probably not the audience for that. The only, Liz, the only reason I'm saying that is because you don't realize, but like the, the whole season I did extended bits on this show where I was going to marry Leah McSweeney. So there was a, there's a, there's fantasy. We could still make that this, happen. There's you fantasy got, you have a vote? on the show. There's fantasy sequences on this show where I was reenacting say anything outside of a New York size. Oh. And then, and then we went to the podcast awards together, which I created in my head. Oh, and I, okay. I won an award. So she was like really happy. For, it was like attractive to her that I won a podcast award. Oh, I did extended. You're Jewish though. Aren't you? No, everybody thinks I am. I'm Catholic. I'm Irish really? Catholic. She like, used to be Catholic. I know. And now, see, now I have to like convert to Judaism because she's converting to Judaism. So, but no, I, everybody, know. she might take you on a date. It could happen. Everybody knows I did extended Leah McSweeney. uh, And so everybody, I'm, she might be vaguely aware because people would always tag me me in her her? post. I mean, I think she's probably aware. I think a lot of people. Should I be like this, Ryan? Should I be like, Leah, I did this show today where this guy, Ryan, he, yeah. you guys went yes. to the podcast yes. awards together. Well, no, no, she wouldn't know about the podcast awards. You could say uh, he did an extended dream sequence on his podcast where he took you to the podcast awards. No, and, I uh, thought, I think it's better, Ryan, if I just play it like it happened and see what she says oh, back. Per- perfect. So be we'll like, do that. Oh, okay, perfect. So anyway, no, listen, I think I am so proud of her. Yes, to answer your question, it was very weird watching her on camera because that's not how I have known her over the years. Like, I know her for being wild and crazy, but you know, obviously she's been very open about it. Like she had, I never knew her to have been drinking. Like she had been sober for so long. Nine years, yeah, yeah. So like I was always kind of like the drunk bitch and she was not. So that was new for me. But at the end of the day, I'm just so proud of her. Like Leah was, years ago we talked about this. I'm like, you just want to be on TV. Like that's what you should do. I, but again, like, 
Leah and I met when we were in our, well, I guess I was in my late twenties. She was in her early thirties. Like she's never been competitive with women. She's always been a ride or die. But what I love about her is when somebody fucks up or she doesn't do something cool, she'll say something. And I'm very similar, which is why I think we get along so well. So when someone's a fake ass bitch, I'm going to say it. And so was she. And I think she changed the show for the better. Is but it of course I'm biased. Is it hard then to watch? Like, I feel like everybody was pro Leah for a season and now people, and this is just the natural way Bravo works or like fandom in general works sometimes with reality shows is now people are like being very critical or hyper. I don't love it. it, it That's what I'm saying. Suck. What's it like to actually know a person? I know. And then, Cause I'm like, I'm friendly with like Ariana and Tom Sandoval from Vanderpump and I got I get real like that's why I kind of go so I mean, a lot of reasons why I go so hard on Jax is because I think, you know, because Jax was like coming at Ariana for her bisexuality. And I was just like, I don't know. And like her mental health. And I was just like, that's fucked up. I don't care if you're on a reality show, you know? I know. I agree. Yes. The answer is yes. It 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 bugs me. And obviously, I love the Bravo fan accounts. They've been so good to Darren and I, like, I love them. There's a couple that I'm closer with. Thank you. Um, there are some that I'm closer with than others. Like I love Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. She's the sweetest. I mean, that's and really good, uh, investigative, uh, yes. Journalism. Um, I I love her. She's so kind. Um, and I love best of Bravo. I adore her, but she like yeah. hates Leah and she, I know she actually posted today and I said, and I wrote no with a bunch of O's because I, just I don't like that. I don't comment on it. I will give her the credit that she has messaged me and was like, listen, I'm sorry. I know that you and Leah are friends. And I said, thank you. I appreciate it. I just like, can't I, in the beginning, I would write to her and I'm like, girl, <laughs> Like, this is too much. Like, just give her a fucking break. But I would also say, like, what about it? And and she was kind and she's like, oh, sorry, it's just my opinion. And I'm like, I get it. Like, I think a lot of people like the housewives because they like watching kind of older women make asses of themselves. But I would ask yourself, why is that? And why does Leah rub you the wrong way? For me, I'll tell you, whenever Leah rubs me the wrong way as her friend, I will tell you why. She is hotter than me. She is skinnier than me. She is richer than me. And she doesn't have to have a day job. So those things, those fourth, and and I love Rob, and I love Kier, and she lives in New York, and she gets free shit. So what are we at? We're at seven. Those seven things annoy the fuck out of me about her. But I'll say it to her face, so it's a little bit different. But I would just say, like, what is it that is bothering everybody about Leah? Because is it something that you want? Is it something that you wish you could say? Because I really admire her. Again, I'm super biased in this, but well, she I don't did know. Something it does her- bug me when I see people talk shit, but I just kind of, it's their prerogative. You know what I mean? They can do whatever they want, you know? She did something amazing yesterday, though. I don't know if oh, you I saw Oh, I saw this. it with Carol. I uh, Yes. So uh, this is what I do. I mean, this is you know, she's brash in the best way was that she found out Carol Radswell, you know, former cast member of Real Housewives of New York. And also I want to point out, remember you guys, I'm a Carol, uh, I really went in on because she was advertising the necklace vibrator uh, a year and a half ago. Oh, I she have one a, of those. Okay. She's like, yeah, she, she, but she has this really great photo of her looking out a window and she was like, I like to wear this necklace on planes. And I just thought it was like, it was like when Shannon Bedore <laughs> from OC, <laughs> Shannon Bedore from OC did SpawnCon for like um, these pants you can pee in. 
you know? And it was like her, anyways, she wrote this Carol Radswell. She posted like uh, user not found Carol Radswell. And she goes, this is so weird. I've never uttered a word about her ever, but I do have a question for her dot, dot, dot. How is the sex child trafficking bestie Jislang doing? And you guys, I mean, she brings up a really interesting point. That's my fucking girl. That is my fucking girl. Carol skated on her relationship with uh, Ghislaine and was able to kind of say, well, I just, I just hung out with her for like an entire weekend one, you know, like it was like, which is fictitious and not it, correct actually. And, well, cause she wound up in the, like the, these logs and uh, anyways, I love that Leah came out there and it's like that. I mean, she's right. Leah's right. I mean, it really is one of those things that Carol like kind of skated past and it always go- goes to remind you make the, it's hard to do the right thing, but eventually you will pay for doing the wrong thing and it will keep getting brought up. And I love that. I mean, I kind of like that. It's like the universe balancing itself out. Yeah. And I think like if you go on a podcast and you talk about other people's drug use, which that's, is fucking whack. So that's what Heather Holla Thompson did. Well, they were bringing it up last night, you guys. Um, and that's what Leah brought up at the dinner table, which by the way, are you now really excited to have been at the forefront of podcasting now seeing how popular in Real Housewives in New York, everybody has a podcast in Real Housewives in New York or, or been affiliated with one. Yes. And I guess I should be forthcoming and say that Heather Holla back was on Embassy Row. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I never listened to it. Sorry, I don't have the time. Um, But yeah, I guess I am. I don't know. I mean, listen, I have a face for radio. So this is something I should have done a million years ago. I hope that person that gave you water is flipping you off right now. My wife. No, she's gone. My wife's a therapist. She just went into session. She handed me a water and was like, don't say anything stupid and walked out. Um, (laughs) But no, I mean, everyone does have a podcast and, you know, I've, I've listened to Bethany's. Can I just say something really weird about Bethany's podcast? And I just need to say to somebody like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Why is the production of that podcast so so bad and inconsistent? The only reason I know that is because people will actually bring that up to me. multiple. I have never listened to it. And people will bring up that it is some of the worst audio that they have heard. Ryan, it's it's unbelievable. So this is, I'll just give you a snapshot. She'll do the intro, which sounds pretty clear. And then she'll do a piece of sponsored content that sounds like she is inside of a tin can and throwing (laughs) herself across with like rocks in her pocket. Then she'll do the celebrity interview, which is horrendous Zoom audio. And it sounds like the guest is, I don't know, like about to jump out of a plane in a wind tunnel. Yeah. And then no. It's just my, everything is inconsistent and strange. And then you can hear her as if she's doing a voice memo on her phone. Like, yeah, hi, I just want to thank like everyone <laughs> at Skinny, like um, Margarita, like for sponsoring this podcast. Bye. I mean, it's mind boggling to me. I mean. For, so for all the people that like you that put so much effort into editing, it's like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, it is. Fa- I mean, and I, I was I, the audience knows I'm fascinated with her HBO Max reality show, uh, The Big Shot. Not because I think it's a great show, but just I'm fascinated with how weirdly it's put together. The other great, uh, which I hate to even bring these up in the same breath, but I don't know if you're aware of Farah Abraham from Teen Mom. Of course. Was, uh, she does a podcast. Well, I don't know if it's still going with her daughter. But it was literally, she would just put her voice audio on the phone. There's an episode, her episode oh was like, like 17 minutes long where she did the audio and then she gave it to her daughter and had her daughter go get the mail. 
And so you it. just you just hear the daughter going, and then all of a sudden you hear like a street and like cars going by. You hear a key go into the mailbox, and then you hear mail being brought back in. She did an episode where they just put down the recorder when they were eating at their lunch break at Disneyland. It was so one when they were just driving in the car with the dad. It is so David Lynchian. It, the the we live in a society now where the the desire to be known is so interesting like the desired and it's really all them they land on reality shows most of the time you know yeah my wife said i would be really boring on reality but that's what you want that's what you want i mean the only thing like like people like i do like you don't want to be you don't want to be fascinated on a reality okay here's what here's what i'll say i don't this is a regret of mine is that i didn't fly back to new york for leah's 10-year mob anniversary or 15, whatever it was, because I can't remember why I didn't go. I think it was like, it was the first week of December. I mean, I had just been married. I don't know, but I didn't go. And I really fucking regret that because- it looked like a really good, it was a fun episode. It was a fun episode. And I also just recently didn't fly back for the re, for the season, well, her season two uh, party either. Oh, just be, oh my I God. Lourdes, uh, Lourdes was there. Chacon, no uh, shit. Trust me, if you listen to our podcast or if you listen to me on the Taylor Strucker show, you guys know I actually got Darren and Taylor to go instead of me. It, Ryan, I see I, that, that kind of stuff. I, I really, I mean, and I was talking to uh, Dumois a couple of weeks ago on here and she's oh. like, you know, she's a hidden identity, secret identity. Leah invited Dumois to it and Dumois was like, I, I can't go. Like, I can't, like, what are you going to put Dumois at the, the guest list? And Dumois was telling me after the show, she was like, I really, it sucks. Cause like, sometimes I do want to do these things and I can't do them because nobody like is supposed to know who I am, you know? So interesting. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, I really regret that because here's what I want. I don't necessarily want to be like a reoccurring friend or castmate on Housewives, but I want to be like a random friend that comes in and like fuck shit up, but can still have my day job, you know? Yeah. Well, last season, though, thing that I, I, I almost uh, applied for a job at um, what's the, in uh, Dorinda's, the Berkshires, the, uh, the, the manor, the, the house. No, the, the, of no it was like, well, yeah, the Berkshires, the, the, the Berkshires house, but then there was that place they went to the restaurant or the bar that Dorinda used oh, to work yeah, at. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. then Leah brought the bartender home on the episode. And then I was like, oh, that's what I have to do. Like, but Dorinda's not on the show, but I was like almost going to apply at that bar. Cause wouldn't that be insane for the podcast audience all of a sudden, if I just randomly showed up at the Berkshires house and I was just like, Hey, what's up? Everybody? It would be I'm, weird. It would be cool. I mean, there's hope for us. There's okay. hope for you and I. There, I mean, there's always, that's all we have is our hope. Um, uh, Cruella DeVille. Uh, do you know this Cruella uh, movie that's coming out on Disney yeah, Plus Emma with Emma Stone. Stone? Do we need an origin story for every character in any, like, and also if you look at the preview, it's, it's like, it's, I mean, I think it's like, it's, it looks very dramatic and not in the Glenn Close uh, 101 Dalmatians I way. loved Glenn Close. I mean, she really killed it. And I love Emma. I think Emma Stone's amazing, but I was like, really, we're going to get an origin? Do we need, like, did you ever look at 101 Dalmatians and go like, what made her her? Well, not to bring this back to you and me, but to bring this back to you and me and how we know each other. My, remember when you go to Leslie Kahn and they make you come up with like your log line of the celebrity yeah, 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 that you're yeah, like, yeah. what was yours? Cause I'm going to tell you mine after. Mine was, um, 
the uh, it was like a cross between Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, and David Denman, yes. who actually is on Mayor of Easttown right now as uh, Kate Winslet's ex-husband. But yes. he was the guy also in The Office as the original boyfriend of um, Pam. The original mine, mine was Chelsea Handler meets Emma Stone. And Leslie always made me audition with that easy A monologue. So I have like this weird vibe on Emma Stone where I'm like, oh, like so annoying. It could have been me. Um, also, I got my headshots done by the same people she did when she used to be a blonde and then she went to be a redhead. She's a natural blonde just for the folks out there listening. But I I don't know. I don't need an origin story for everything. I, I did like the Joker, but like I don't need it. I, yeah. I also don't understand why there is not new IP. Like, what? Well, but it's the same thing. It's the same story. thing as like these housewife shows keep going and going instead of doing new reality shows. And that's why sometimes I get frustrated with Bravo because I know like like TLC, the ninety day universe is like in like they'll uh, you fart in a tin can, they'll give it an eight series, eight episode, uh, you know, show over there. But with Bravo, like you know, existing IP is sometimes easier to produce than like actually taking a risk and like you know, it really because. What show do you think is missing from Bravo? Well, the shows that they're actually going to be doing in the next year. And I know Andy was originally against this, but things like where you're combining things, where you're doing the Housewives All-Star Mashup, where you're doing Summer House Winter Charm, where you put like start creating where we're in a universe. I start acting like it because 90 Day is doing the universe thing where they're really keeping these characters around. And I think you can have different iterations of these things. Like how amazing would it be to see like uh, trade Nini to Beverly Hills? And we trade somebody from Beverly Hills to Atlanta. Like, let's do some crazy things and see what sticks, throw it against the wall. And I think people would really love it because we're so passionate already, but we need to start bringing in new people. I look at the- But none of the, the people time. you just said are new people. You're saying no, 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 no. I'm saying do that for the old school fans, but then you do need to start bringing in kind of like really new shows, new ideas that can get new eyes on them. Because I feel like we, I mean, like people like me are so passionate. We live our lives around this stuff, but are we bringing anybody new in to watch these shows? And are they going to come in 12 seasons into a show? Like I have never seen Law & Order and now I'm scared to ever start because there's Why? 80. It's a procedural, you know this, you yeah. acted, you can just watch anyone. In I'm fact, very slow, I don't. Funny that you mention it. I have Peacock now, and I just watched um, Law and Order: Law and Order Organized Crime with Stable last night. <laughs> and I don't know what the fuck is going on, but guess what? In another episode, it doesn't matter because every episode is standalone. So that was a bad example, Ryan. You know, well, it's a, no, no, no. Okay, in the terms of just like there's 800 episodes, I'm one of those people that feel like I need to see all of it. Like I'm not going to mm. just, you know. So at this point, I feel like it's too much of a time commitment. But I'm just I'm like looking towards the future. I want to make sure Bravo is around four. Forever. Like I want to make I sure it is okay. It is healthy forever, right. you know? Um huh. Okay. How'd you yeah. get involved with Taylor Strecker? Oh my God. I met I know Taylor. I, only, I know we're about to, I know I only have you. Well, that's on bit, a, I, that's it. You're gonna have to have me back on the show because that's that's, the a, I, story. that's already a done deal if you're you're willing to, to come. Oh my god, back anytime show, you so. want. Are you kidding me? I could talk to you forever. Yeah. Very short story is that Taylor and I met the summer of love in San Francisco at American Conservatory Acting School. Oh, I when know, I was I know 15, ACT, yeah. she was 17. She got shipped out from Connecticut by her parents to stay with her uncle, Bo Bonneau, who was a very famous commercial casting agent in San Francisco who started a little thing called L.A. Casting. 
Oh shit. Which is still, yeah. And so <laughs> Taylor and I met because I was 15 and I had the cigarettes and the weed and she was like, Oh, that seems cool. And she was staying with her like bachelor uncle. And I was like, why don't you just come like stay at my house? So she literally stayed at my house for the summer. We had this insane summer. I w- used to be able to get us in a nightclub. I mean, I was the wildest 15 year old of all time. I was basically Lindsay Lohan getting us in the clubs at 15. And then because it was way before social media or cell phones, we lost touch. I went to boarding school. No surprise. The next year she went for her senior year. Then she went to Ithaca college. I think we, I think I called her mother's house one time. Then when I graduated boarding school, I was going to the new school in New York and I had, I don't know, like Twitter had kind of, maybe it was Twitter. I yeah, think the new, the new school of I'm not isn't that where inside the actor studio comes out of? Yeah. 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 So, um, I went to the new school. I was like going there and I looked up Taylor somehow, or maybe I was in school already. I don't remember. And I found out that she was the host of Cosmo radio. So I literally emailed like Taylor at taylorstricker.com or something. And I'm like, Hey bitch, it's me. Like, do you guys want to meet? And I met her and her former fiance. We had dinner and we never talked again. Cause I'm like, she has gone way too like Stepford wife for even my taste over here. I was like still wearing like air force ones and juicy couture (laughs) jumpsuits and shit. And, um, I was an intern. I was the first hip hop intern at Capitol records, true story. And, uh, she was like a little too basic for me at the time. We lost complete touch 11 years. So we had lost touch, lost touch come together. 11 years go by 11. The time I'm working at bustle digital group and I'm putting together a deal and Darren and I had just met to do the embassy row show this is end of 2019. And I had cast Darren and her mom in something. And um, I was, God, I need some other talent. And Darren's like, oh, I have a couple of people. And I said, okay, send them to our producers. And I looked at the list and I saw Taylor Strucker's name and my heart dropped. And I went on social media and then I saw that Taylor was a motherfucking lesbian. And I was like, <laughs> what has happened? I called Darren and I'm like, oh my God, do you know Taylor? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm her Wednesday host on her radio show. And I go, text her right now that you know Liz Cully. And Taylor will tell you it was as if like time stopped because we hadn't seen each other in 10 years. And now year later, I'm the Tuesday host on the Taylor's record show. That's awesome. It's so crazy how people from our past, like, you know, it's like, that's the, one of the only good things about getting older is you get to see your friends succeed and they'll sometimes bring you along for that ride and you get to actually collaborate and stuff. It's really, that's one of the most exciting things about uh, anything in the arts is that people, you know, usually never like forget, like they, it has a way of working itself back around, you know? I think so. I also would say to anybody, no matter what industry you're in, you see the same people at the bottom and as you will at the top. So be kind, be considerate, show up on time, go to your friends, weird stand-up shows that you really don't want to go to. Are you scared uh, to start getting invited to improv shows again? Yeah, I'm not going to go to an improv show, but I will definitely go to a (laughs) stand-up storytelling show depending on the subject matter. Yeah, And if it's close to my house. Yeah, that was a story. I forgot. Storytelling shows really were in 2019. Storytelling shows really, there was a a meteoric rise. So I'm really curious to see 
I did a few. I did a few. I actually wanted to do a few. I remember re- I was like, this was, I have like a list of goals and stuff. And I wrote like storytelling shows was on the, the list uh, and said, I just got really into Bravo. Um, <laughs> so uh, how do we support you? There's like, by the way, she will come back on. Cause there's just, I didn't get to anything that I wanted to get to, oh, but this really? was a great Fuck, conversation. No, 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 but that's what, how it usually works. Anyways, you have a plan and then, but by the way, this is our first time talking. So this is what I love is that you guys uh, just get to come along on a ride of me wanting to talk to somebody anyways. And I, I thank you so much for all of this time that you gave us today. And how do we support you? The, the podcast is called scissoring. Um, isn't a thing, right? Yeah. So okay. scissoring isn't a thing comes out every Friday. Um, S-I-A-T podcast is it on social and then please follow me because I think I'm kind of funny and I'm on Instagram at at listen to Liz and I don't have that many followers so I love to DM strangers I just <laughs> met a stranger in the internet Ryan or from the internet in real life a couple of weeks ago and I think I'm... I was on a date by mistake and I didn't realize it oh did they it... think it was a date well he was in a, he said he was in an open marriage yeah, but wait, wait, wait. Okay. It was, well, well, I'm, I'm just, let's wait, put a pin in it. No, Have me back on the show. No, Have me back on the show. So good. Cause I also needed to ask if everybody, cause of the Denise Brandy stuff, I had this, the, I'm like, is everybody, um, is everybody bisexual? Like is every girl hooking up with their girlfriends and they just don't ever tell God, that would have made my life a lot easier. Okay. That's what I mean. I was just, I was like, I was like, I, I, I bet so. this is happening and we just don't know it, you know? No, I'm also, I'm all for it, but no, no, no. Well, we, why don't we have you on scissoring and we'll really put you through the gauntlet. Please. That would be amazing. That would really, but I mean, my best friend. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be. Don't uh, do a, my best friend is gay. Don't. I was going to say my best friend is straight. That's I wasn't saying. Don't tell me your cousin is gay. I love that. No, I grew up in gay bars. I grew up in gay, but no. Yeah. I'm no. My favorite thing is like in work situations. And I know you're trying to end the podcast and I won't. No, you know. no. I just, cause I want you to get out on time. Where do I, I don't have anywhere to go. I, I thought you like said I have three to four 30. So that's why. I, oh yeah. I probably have a meeting, but they can wait. So anyway, yeah. listen, I love it when I say, oh yeah, you know, my wife and people are like, oh, my cousin, Sheila and her girlfriend. I'm like, you guys, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Like it's okay. At this point, you don't need to tell me that you're cool with the gays because we're basically outnumbering you with Gen Z because these kids or they identify as things I don't even well, understand. My 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 friend is a professor of uh, communications in in Chicago, and he was just like he was explaining like I I didn't like know about like uh, identification and stuff like that. This was years ago, not this year. But he's like, yeah, I mean, you could identify as a table if you wanted, and we'd have to respect that. We'd have to respect that you're a table, and and that. And I was just like, and there and everybody, and I was talking about uh, Demi Lovato uh, and their non-binary now. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to walk through that because this part, I mean, it, it is one of those things that like, I'm down to learn. I want to learn, but I'm not going to act like I know everything. I mean, this is, I, I did, I was not aware of what non, non-binary was until the, the the last year and a half. You know, Sounds like you need to listen to Scissoring isn't a thing every week I did, on wait, Friday. I did learn. I did learn. I was really, you guys, you got to listen to that, that TikTok story really made me like, it's and wild. then Karamo was talking about, Karamo, Karamo's son, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name off offhand, was talking Jason. about- 
Brown. Jason was talking about he was like uh, looking at some porn. He went from the straight thing. He went, you know, st- girls. And then he, he wound up on gay porn and then he, he finished and he was like, that was the hottest thing I'd ever. Like, I just thought these journeys are really fascinating of coming to not terms because I don't think it's anything um, horrible. It's, it's just like everyone has a different journey and what's fun. At- Listen, Darren and I are not like the gayest people. We aren't the pillars of the community. We always, are learning. I've always our, called you guys the gayest. You did. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah, we're not. Um, but we're also learning too. So I think, you know, when people come on and they share with us their stories, we just learn so much. And I think if we can foster a, a world in which we are asking questions as opposed to just, you know, having preconceived notions or being too scared of being canceled and like all this fucking shit. We're going to be in a better place because guess what? I don't know what it's like to be a straight white Catholic man obsessed with Bravo. Like I have no idea what that's like. So you would have to enlighten me. You have no idea what it's like to be a waspy girl that looks like a chubby Olsen twin that like is in a queer relationship that loves, you know, everything monogrammed. You don't know what that's like. So we have to, you know, well, that's what it's, it's, talk it's, with it's, each our other. stories are what we have. And that's why I think podcasting especially is so exciting because that's what I really loved about your podcast was that you did Thank get you. to hear these stories. And mine is like, you know, it starts with Bravo, a reality show. And then if I'm lucky, as I get further into this, I, you know, you start to find out about other people a little bit more and can kind of open those conversations. And those are what really excites me at the end of the day of like, oh, shoot, I got to spend this time with this person. And it wasn't just breaking down a reality show. You get a little you get a little window inside and you kind of learn something from it. And this past year, especially, I got to learn so much stuff that actually has made uh, maybe a better person in certain ways or just more uh, aware of the world around me. And that's just like, whoa, that your your dog did that on your podcast this week, too. I got a pandemic puppy. Her name is Ravioli and she just screamed. I'm pretty sure that my Zara package just arrived and I Congratulations. That's amazing. Um, Last question. What was the first date with your, with your wife? What'd you guys do? So long. I'm saving it for the next time. Damn it. Okay. 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 Have me back because it's funny and it involves a rat. Uh, okay, so we got the we got the guy that you accidentally went on a date with potentially from the internet and first date with the wife. Okay, Liz Cully. It's too long, uh, Ryan. I that's don't what know I'm how saying. Long I'm saying. I'm saying. Is. I'm saying. Liz Cully scissoring isn't a thing. Also on Tuesdays, co-host of the Taylor Strecker Show, and uh, go follow at Listen to Liz. And also, I want to point out one more thing. I always say this. You guys know what I'm about to say. Go before you even listen to this podcast listen to her podcast, subscribe and hit five stars. It's the freest thing that you can do. Nobody is asking for money, but I will tell you, it does help. It helps the awareness of the show. Most of us are doing this for free with our own time. So it is the smallest token of appreciation that you can give somebody to be on this show, to spend this time with us. Uh, So do that as a personal favor to me. And is there anything else that I'm forgetting? No, God, you're such a pro. You got it. I just want to say thank you. I've I am such a fan. I can't wait to tell the Gen Zers I was on this show. Um, Gen Zers. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I can't wait to come back and tell you more. There's so much more to talk about. Well, so I'm so you. excited to continue the conversation and uh, we will talk to you next time. Okay. Bye, Ryan. Bye. Betches.